Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. My name is John Gunter, and I'm the preaching minister here. This week, uh, as you're listening to our podcast, we are going through chapter nine of the story, which talks about the story of Ruth. And this week, I really encourage our church to kind of have the same attitude that we find with Ruth. That attitude is of of a uh, dedicated commitment that she will just do anything uh, for Naomi. And that's what we see within this within this story. And of course, the other characters, Naomi and Boaz, we talk about them as well. And so I hope it's one of those lessons that you can you can see yourself in one of these characters and uh, maybe be encouraged to uh, to be a little more dedicated or a little more committed. Again, we thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come see us in person. Uh, come see us anytime. Have a great week. Good morning again. Uh, I was handed a, a note that says this was this has been the largest crowd we have had since coming to Mont Bellevue. So thank you for being here. Yeah. And uh, we'll have an invitation song now. And <laughs> I, guess what, I guess what Francisco was asking for there. They what? You have a bigger crowd next week. Bigger crowd next week, yeah. <laughs> Come hear our preacher. He doesn't speak for just a few minutes and he's done. I like that guy. Absolutely. Well, this week we do get a, a very short story. To read the, the story of Ruth from beginning to end does not take long at all. And just to summarize, and if you're visiting with us this morning, we're going through uh, a book called The Story. It's put together by Randy Frazee, and basically it's just a comp- compressed version of the Bible. We still, if you want to get all the details, hey, open up your Bible. But uh, the, the story is uh, letting us go all the way from Old Testament and Genesis through Revelation, and every class is going through that, adults, kids, everyone. Uh, sermon is over the same thing, and then we have small group over this as well. So by the end of the week, you have committed some of these things to memory after it's all over. Uh, and it's been, uh, I hope it's been uh, great for you guys. It's been great for us again, uh, as this is our second time through. But the story of Ruth uh, really has three main characters, Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi. In the beginning of the story, Naomi and her family moved to the land of Moab because of a famine uh, there in their land. Again, Sometimes we have to be reminded how blessed we are to walk down or drive down to Walmart or HEB or something like that. I don't know why you'd ever go into Walmart, but, you know, (laughs) do a pickup, y'all. Even that's a blessing. I mean, my goodness, for my sanity. Uh, I'm just going to pick that up. But back in these times, if you had a famine in the land, that was a big problem, right? You had to go seek out your food. I'm preparing a garden right now. Uh, and I'm having to, to figure out, moving from Arkansas, we have so much more wind here. I'm like, what am I going to have to do? I think I'm going to have to bury some concrete to, to tie the roots to uh, these tomato plants. I don't know. But just thinking about preparing uh, something like a small garden for my family. But what if I had to depend on that just to sustain all of us? That's a different level of living on faith, isn't it? And so what they experience is a famine. They move to this other region in the uh, place of Moab. And over the years, uh, but Naomi's two sons get married, and then her husband passes away. 
And to add insult to injury, then she loses both of her sons. And so after this stay in Moab, Naomi hears that God has again blessed her land with food. And so she is left with two daughters-in-law, and she says, I've got to go home. And her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, both are hesitant to leave their mother-in-law. You ladies should should strive to be like Naomi. I don't know what it was about her, but her daughters-in-law wanted to be with her. There was something about this woman. And after a little convincing, Orpah finally goes back to her family, but Ruth says no. Ruth is the rebel of the bunch, and I said in class this morning, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of like Ruth. I don't listen to my mother-in-law either. <laughs> but Ruth has this, this kind of famous line, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Maybe you have someone like this in your life, but everybody needs a friend like this, don't you? It seems like today it is so easy, we we so easily let people go. The smallest of conflict, uh, the smallest word spoken, that I don't agree with and I've got to cancel you and I've got to put you out of my memory and we will never be friends again. Naomi uh, is apparently such a mother-in-law that Ruth pledges her allegiance to this woman and says, may God, this, this God I'm pledging myself to because of you, may he deal with me ever so severely if even death separates us. I hope you have someone like that in your family. Someone that you feel is there for you all the time. That's what I see there uh, with Ruth and Naomi. But the story goes on, and uh, Ruth and Naomi go back to uh, Naomi's land. But there's a problem. When you are widowed in this time, you don't go to the government and receive a stipend or any kind of money or anything like that. You're really in a lot of trouble. And what Ruth has promised to do for Naomi is is not only just to be with her and be close to her, but she's going to go and work as if she is one of Naomi's sons. And that's very important there because they needed all these things to even be able to survive. And so all of a sudden, back in their land, Ruth goes to work. Ruth finds a field, and the story does not tell us how she was guided to this field. Was it by chance that she walks in and finds Boaz's field? We don't know. But Ruth finds this field, and Boaz looks at her, a foreign woman, and does not kick her out. None of his men do away with her. She is allowed to take what's left over, and then Boaz talks to his men after he hears What Ruth has done for Naomi, he even tells his men, you know what, make sure you leave a little extra behind for her, taking care of this woman. Ruth goes back to Naomi with her uh, carrying all that she has has gotten, and, and she begins to converse and talk about, where did you get this? And as Ruth is is providing this information, Naomi says, well, this is Boaz. This is our kinsman redeemer, or you might have read family protector. 
And this is a special thing. And she gives some advice that you need to be there with him. Work with the women. He's, he's such a man that he is blessing us, blessing you and blessing me. You need to be there. And she continues to do this to the point where Naomi gives her some advice. And it may seem odd to us. But she says, what you need to do, Boaz is on the threshing floor tonight. I don't know how she had Boaz's schedule. It doesn't say that, does it? <laughs> but she knew Boaz's schedule. We, we don't even read in the story that Naomi ever talks to Boaz. But she knew Boaz would be on the threshing floor. And she says, you know what? After he has eaten and after he has had some drink, then you go in. She knew that a man needed some, some food and some drink to be in a good mood, which the scripture tells us he was in a happy mood then. But he falls asleep, and, and Naomi, Naomi has instructed Ruth to you go over to Boaz, you find where he is, and then when he goes to sleep, you go over to him, and get this, you uncover his feet. <laughs> Ladies, you want to see if your guy did his scripture reading this week? <laughs> this afternoon, during that <laughs> afternoon nap, I want you to just walk over to the bed and I want you to uncover his feet and see what transpires from that. <laughs> if all you get is a look of confusion, or you set in on him by reading his chapter, okay? You need to be reading this chapter. But what Ruth is showing Boaz in the moment is that I'm not going to chase all these younger guys. Apparently Boaz is an older man. Uh, but I am committing myself to you if you will have me. And Boaz in that moment tells her the same thing. He's kind of shocked by the way she treats him and says, you have a run after these other guys. You come to me and I will do everything in my power to redeem you and to redeem this family. And Boaz being the man he is, he goes and he knows that there is one more person closer in line to do exactly what Ruth has asked him to do. And so he goes and he sits at the city gates and he waits for this guy to show up, and he says, okay, this is the situation. Uh, you have an opportunity to buy this land and to redeem this family. And he says, yes, I'll do it. And he says, uh, one more thing. There's a, a lady named Ruth. And the Hebrew there is, is kind of hard to understand. He, he's either saying uh, what, what normally has transpired is that you have to marry her, or he's saying that, you know, either way, I'm going to marry her. So he, he's saying, I'm going to do this either way. And so whatever the case is, the man then, then says, you know what? I'm not going to do this. <coughs> and so Boaz in this moment is allowed to redeem this family. And what we get at the end of the chapter and how you know it is written uh, after the event, sometimes we think that uh, like a book like Ruth, someone's sitting there taking notes the whole time and you know, immediately after... Uh, Boaz and Ruth's, you know, wedding ceremony, they published the book of Ruth. Well, no, that's not how it happened. But at the end, you get this, this notice that when, when they come together and they are blessed with a son named, do you remember his name? Obed. Okay, I'm making sure y'all did your, your reading. But Obed, again, as, as we saw with Rahab, all of a sudden you see the lineage of Jesus, and you get Obed, then you get Jesse, and then you get King David. And what this shows us from God's perspective, 
just like in the story of Rahab, is that God is not thrown off by all of these odd circumstances. That all of a sudden this foreign woman is inserted into this, well, we got to do something else. That doesn't throw God off at all. That even King David is going to come from this lineage and even Jesus, the Messiah. But that's what we see from God. But as far as what we see from Naomi, I think we see something special from Naomi. I think this is another one of those characters in the Bible that I, I think I can stand in the mirror and see Naomi in myself. Because Naomi has experienced some tragic loss. This famine has pushed her to another place, not her own. She loses not only her husband, but both her two sons. And Naomi kind of gets down on herself. Did you catch that this week? She says, don't even call me Naomi anymore. I've had too much of this. The, the Lord has dealt harshly with me. Call me Mara, which means what, church? I love when y'all are reading the same thing I'm reading every week. Isn't that fun? Call me bitter because the way my life has transpired. One of the ways that this book is different from other books of the Bible is what we don't get from the narration standpoint is exactly what God is trying to do in this. Did you catch that? We, as the reader, are trying to figure out the same thing that Naomi is trying to figure out. Naomi, in her circumstance, looks over her life and thinks, okay, uh, I lived in my home, homeland and God sent a famine. We moved to another place to find food, and my husband died. And then I lost both my sons, and now here I am in another land with two daughters-in-law, no men around to, to help. What is God doing? You ever felt like that before? God, what are you doing? And Naomi in this moment thinks that God is punishing her. And what we don't ever get cleared up it's what God is doing as far as that goes, right? And I think that's our circumstance a lot of times. That I'm experiencing all these things, but God, why? I don't know why this is coming about. When we talk about bad things come in threes, right? Not only do you have a bad thing happen in your life, but it seems like an overwhelming number of bad things happen in our lives at one time. And so then we start to question God. And by the way, I think that's okay. If you don't think that's okay, you have not read the book of Psalms. You need to go read that. If that offended you this morning, go read Psalms, and then we'll talk later in the week. We probably won't because you'll agree with me. Because there's a lot of God, where are you now? And God, you feel far from me. And that's exactly what Naomi was experiencing here. I don't know what to do. But by the end of the story, just like us, I think, it takes time. In the moment, in the, in the here and now, in the right now, I'm experiencing this. We don't really see it. But at the end of the book of Ruth, all of a sudden, I believe Naomi was walking around in public with her chest out a little bit. She had regained some Okay, God has blessed me. She had gone through the dark valley and she was now out on the other side 
because of the, the way that Ruth showed this faithfulness to her. And she saw the blessing of God through that. And I know often we talk about Ruth in the story, but Naomi, I think just, Naomi's living our story in that. But Ruth, and whatever the case was, I'd really like to meet Ruth. Anybody else? I've got to think Ruth was a little, uh, uh, a little ball of fire. I mean, her, her mother-in-law tells her what to do. Her mother-in-law even gets a little sassy with her. Did you catch that? Are you going to wait? I'm, I'm old. Even if I had a husband tonight and I got pregnant, are you going to wait until that child grows up to marry that child? Of course not. Some of you mothers-in-law are like that, kind of sassy, right? Don't, don't look if they're here today. <laughs> But Naomi says, no, and we read her statement to, or Ruth says, no, and she, we read our, her statement to Naomi about, I am going to stand and I'm going to stay with you. Everything that's yours, I'm going to make mine. I'm going to be there. And Ruth, in this moment, stands by her word. that She has made this commitment, and she's going to stick by it. I'll tell you, as a minister, one of the toughest things to deal with is people who you thought were committed, but at the first sign of anything coming up or going wrong or any kind of question, they're gone. Isn't that tough? Because the people you thought were friends, the people you thought were just as rooted, just as deep in it as you were, something comes up and, you know what? I think I can find something else somewhere else. And man, I'll say this, if we had a church full of people like Ruth, you're talking about spreading like wildfire through this community. Because there was nothing that was going to stand in her way of fulfilling her commitment to Naomi. Ruth followed Naomi to the land that wasn't her own. And she went to work. She went to work and honored this commitment. And I'll tell you what, this church right here, these people looking around right now are going to have to go to work in this community. And if we're going to be committed to this community, we can't just say it and, and make a bold statement and go home and we'll make that statement again next week and never do anything about it. We've got to be a people that's just like Ruth, ready to say, you know, this is my commitment. I'm going to go to work. You think Ruth's work was easy? going out in these fields, gleaning behind all of these people. Isn't it amazing that, that even her workers, even the workers around, when Boaz asked, who is this woman, uh, I guess the head man for Boaz says, listen, this woman will work. She has only taken one small break the whole day. She has come to do some work. And man, I hope we're that kind of people. And we have come to do some work and to honor our commitment to Jesus Christ. As often, um, I think we talk so much about baptism that when we baptize someone, we take such an exhale of relief. Ah, <sighs> finally got you in the baptistry. That we forget what the commitment even means. Because maybe we have forgotten what the commitment means in our own life. 
We have forgotten what we have committed to, what we have pledged our obedience, our allegiance to. One minute we feel strongly about a commitment and we realize several years down the road that that's really not as important to us anymore. We can learn a lot from Ruth, can't we? A woman who's ready to go to work to honor her commitment. I don't know what it was about Ruth's personality that that drew her or, or that drove her but I see the way Naomi reacted and, and really took these things as God punishing her, and that didn't stop Ruth either. Did you catch that? Naomi is calling herself Mara, which means bitter, and Ruth still pledges, your God will be my God. Man, I need some, some strong people like that. I need to be stronger like this. That even when things come up, I am committed and ready to go. Did you think that's the way the sermon was going to go this morning? Ruth, the story of Ruth is is kind of a love story. But it's also based in, in a reality. All of Ruth's story is not happy and pretty, is it? Even at the end, when everything seems to be going right, kind of like the story of Job. When Job, again, gets a family, that didn't replace or take away all the pain of losing his previous family, right? Same with Ruth. Though she is now with Boaz and all of these things have been redeemed and Naomi is able to walk around with this maybe new new life in her about God, refreshed, it doesn't replace the things that have gone on. But she goes on. We should be a people that even in the midst of things that happen, and we're a, we're a praying church, and I love how much we, we share. And we share enough to know that there are things going on all over our sicknesses, deaths, different struggles. But we can't let those things get in the way of our commitment to Jesus. You may not know what God is working out right now. I love the way this story does, the the lower story, kind of what we're experiencing, versus the upper story, what God's doing. And sometimes we don't know if those are in sync or not. God, would you just give me a clear answer as to what you're doing and maybe when it's going to be over? Would, Would you let me know so I know that this is actually working out for my good? But as I've asked you several times over the almost two years I've been here now, how many of you have lived long enough to go through that dark valley and come out on the other side and say, now I know. Now I see, God, how you were working this out all along for me. And maybe I didn't like it, and that's okay. That is just fine. Maybe I didn't understand it. I hardly do. I hardly ever do until I get down the road. But this is just a reminder that God is always there. That's what, when you see the lineage at the end, you see, okay, this is how God was working. That God, through all of these circumstances, still was there, his plan still manifesting. What you see is coming down to King David. And as we know, because we have the rest of the story, 
down to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. How is God working in your life right now? Maybe it is that, that you're a Boaz. You are someone who, uh, you have this character and you can help. Maybe you feel like you haven't been approached yet, but there's something for you to do. Maybe you're Naomi right now and you feel like maybe God has punished you. Nothing's going right. I don't know what God is doing, but know that God is working it out for your good. And man, I, again, I pray that we have a church full of people with the personality of Ruth, ready, convicted, and committed to Jesus Christ, to each other, that I will walk with you. But guess what? Y'all may not know this, but we can disagree and still love each other. Y'all know that? I think we need to remind each other of that, don't we? sometimes we say that, but the way we act is not that at all. I, you know, I can love you until I found out that you're this political party. You're done with me. Or I find out you did that 40 years ago, and now I've got to hold it against you. In a crazy time we live in, isn't it? But we can love each other despite our differences. How many married couples do we have in here this morning? All right, keep your hands up if you perfectly agree on everything. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin's got it. Michael does it though, so that's, that kind of throws that off. But you're still in it. How in the world does that work? Commitment. You decided at one point that I'm gonna be committed to this person. And guess what? We can do it in our marriages, in our friendships, in our church life, our brothers and sisters. And one of the biggest things for me every Sunday is just drawing encouragement. I, I don't get to the back because I say the closing prayer most of the time. Oh, okay, all the time. I'm, I'm trying to work on that. <laughs> but just seeing your faces and, and remembering the conversations we've had. and I draw encouragement just from seeing people's faces on Sunday. Do you guys as well? Just to know I don't come to this place and stand up here by myself, and no one else is here with me. I come to this place and sing songs with my brothers and sisters. I'm uplifted by these songs, but hearing other people's heart, I feel like I pray too much here. It's just honest confession, because I'm, I'm saying all these closing prayers. So I love to hear other people pray. I'm uplifted by that. And to come and to understand that other people in the world are fighting the same kind of battles that I'm fighting. That I don't go out here alone. That I go out here and I've got people I can call. I've got people right here that love me even though I'm, a, I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> right? Amen. Amen. There you go. He's from Louisiana. He can say that. <laughs> Some people are hard to love. No, you got your family with you. No, not saying that this morning, no. But man, we can draw some, some things out of this story. What a beautiful story it is. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, if, you, uh, if you've begun that walk and things seem a little dreary and dim right now, I want to encourage you to make things right. If you have not put on Christ in baptism, if you've not yet committed and pledged obedience to this is what the rest of my life is going to look like, just like Ruth did to Naomi, I'm going to be there. 
start that this morning. We can find a pool, we can find a hot tub, whatever you want to do. Uh, back when uh, Duck Dynasty was on and going, I, I remember Jace Robertson telling a story that he baptized a guy, and that guy would not be baptized unless he could do it in a river, because he said, the stuff I have done needs to be washed away. <laughs> and if that needs to be uh, what you do this morning, we'd love to do that as well. We're gonna offer a, a song of invitation. Love to pray with you, love to do whatever we can to help you. Would you come as we stand and sing?